Anderson Cannon with God Time here on The Breakfast Show. Minnie, tell us about the app. The app? Yes, the app. Well, you can download the app. Yes, you can. I can't because my phone just keeps undownloading it because I have no space. But you could have more. There, so- <laughs> there is this thing called uh, getting a phone with more space. Or um, Liam has got a solution over here. No, I've I just got a... My phone, it, it offloads the apps, but it only offloads the apps when I don't use them. Oh. When I don't use them enough. I need that because I've got a whole bunch of apps on my phone and every time I look at it, I'm like, what do I have? why do I have this app? Where did this come from? <laughs> to the point I'm getting at is how often do you use the Faith FM app? No, but mine, like I have too many. Like it'll, oh, I see. it'll just, oh, I'll I see. use it and then it'll undownload to you, un- offload to use the next one. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So don't you be judging me. <laughs> <laughs> so either you have a small phone or lots of apps. I think I have like 16 gig. Is that a yeah, lot or small? It's a small phone. It's okay. a very small phone. I, like, like, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know that, that, I don't know that anybody makes phones that small anymore. How old is that phone? I don't know. It's, I want to say an iPhone 6, secondhand, because I don't buy anything new. <laughs> <laughs> well done. All right, so we've got the phone ringing here. Let's see if somebody can get the, uh, the prize this morning. Uh, but anyway, the, the app, you were going to tell us about the app? I was going to tell you about the app. Yes. So you can jump on it, listen to all that we have. That's always nice because some people can't listen to it right now or you want to come back to it later. I do that, actually. I don't have the app, but I do listen to the podcast. Yeah, so anyway. Faithfm.com.au. Yeah. Um, Fantastic. But yeah, so basically it's just easy listening. You can take it with you anywhere you want to go. It's not on the radio. Never going to get a bad signal. No. um, I don't know what else to tell you, but get the app. It's free. That's always nice. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Those are my kind of apps. (laughs) I I, I like what you've told us so far. Yeah, brilliant. Um, Cool. All right, let's go to our Bible study. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we're going to read verse 4 to 9. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 4 to 9. So when we read these passages, really what we're doing is we are reading the introduction. And uh, letter writers from the first century generally had fairly extensive introductions. Mm. Any letter that you find from the first century, uh, regardless of who was writing it at this particular period within the Roman Empire, I should say, will generally have an introduction which says lots of nice things for about the length of a Bible chapter <laughs> before they actually start writing about what they're going to write about. Mm. It was kind of like how back in the day when we started a letter, we would start it with dear. Mm. Their equivalent of dear was kind of a whole chapter. <laughs> do they still use dear on letters today? Look, I do because I don't know what else to say. I totally handwrite letters because you're looking at me a bit funny. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, what do you write? Uh Hey, mate. Hey, mate. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know because I don't don't remember the last time I wrote a handwritten letter or even wrote one on the computer and printed it out and posted it. Just emails. No. Everything I write is emails. Do you know what? I sent someone a letter in the mail the other day. I, 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 I (laughs) have a social conscience. Oh. And I look after the environment. Do you know what I do? I'm like posting trees around the world. But I recycle my paper. I make my own recycled paper. You make your own recycled paper? Yeah, well, you just like rip up old paper that you're not using and then chuck some water in it, blend it up together, and then you just get it flat like on a fly screen or something and then you let it dry and then you can fold it up and do-do-do and write on it and send again. You're serious? Yeah. I I don't have my journal with me, but my journal is also my own... Recycled paper. But the one I sent a letter to... I am so interested. <laughs> I have to see this. I have okay, to see I mean, this. It's, I mean, 
I haven't given it a cover, so it's a bit useless and falling apart, but I'll bring it in tomorrow. And I'll show you. But the letter I sent to my friend Emily, all recycled paper. But dodgy. Wow. That was my first go. And so I was like, I'm so sorry about this paper. <laughs> it's real chunky and funny. <laughs> but there you go. There I go with my social conscience. <laughs> no, no, I, I think you've actually won this argument. I think your social conscience is more, uh, more, more uh, attuned than mine because you actually go to effort. <laughs> See, I don't really have a social conscience. Just I, I don't put the effort in. I just like... Well, look, at least you're honest. Less look, I don't with everything. Like, there, I have all this pile at the moment in my house of paper that I'm like, I need to make more, but I just haven't. So the effort isn't always there. The Can you do it with is, cardboard as well or just paper? I'm not tried. I imagine you might be able to. I said it that would with be very, It would be very thick and chunky. Yeah. So you tear it all up. Mm-hmm. Then what, run it through the blender? Yeah. Right. So I just, and my dad's hair, like when I said when I was... Um, visiting him and so I just like let it soak in a bunch of water yep. so it breaks down but Go then soft. some people say use a blender I just use one of those little hand whizzy it's a oh, blender yeah. but the you know little hand whizzy Zzz, ones yeah so you're not using electricity right <laughs> yeah oh, no, you're not burning go. coal not burning coal it not, does not run on coal um, but yeah and so then I yeah just had like a fly screen or something. we tried to use one that was like the metal was too thick so it was just real chunky so then I just got like a nice thinner fly screen and then I just like you just put it in the water and then like like back and forth, you kind of move it so that all it gets all evenly spread. I don't know what they put in it, but it holds together quite well because then it just kind of settles on the fly screen and you lift it up just just straight up Yep. and then put it somewhere and let it dry and then peel it off the fly screen. I definitely ripped a few pieces. I was like, oh, I'll have to start again. Nah, but I didn't care. I just had a munted journal for a while. Um, yeah, and then you peel it off and then because I made some pretty much just bigger than A3, so then I ripped them in half and then folded them in half and then my journal I was like I'm gonna sew the pages together which I started but it was a really like slack job and then like I said I didn't put a cover on it so it's slowly falling apart because I don't give it a give it a kind life so so what's the advantage of going to all this effort to recycle paper when you could you could just put it in the recycling bin and and the same thing would happen and it would come back you know like looking like um normal paper um I just have been more convicted about taking personal responsibility for things. And I'm just like, do, do things get recycled as well as they could? I don't know. And Okay, so because you can't see the factory and you can't see where it's actually happening and you're thinking... I'm not saying I don't believe this- it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. I was just like, and also I'm studying primary teaching and I like the idea of just doing fun activities sometimes. Yes. So I was like, how about I just learn to do it? Just learn. And then this it would just be a great fun- activity to do with your kids. Right. Yeah, exactly. but I was like, I need to learn how to do it first, so that you don't go in one day and be like, we're going to do the activity, and then it just fail horrendously. So I was like, I just want to learn. I also wanted to do beekeeping just so I could learn, but then I was like, ah, patience. Just just finish a degree and then move on to the next thing. Can you? Can, okay, so can you sort out a couple of other things for me? Then? Oh, okay, yes. Uh, can can you can you um, show me how to learn how to? You know, I'm sure YouTube will let you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, recycle. I, I'd like to know how to recycle aluminium. Oh, because okay. because because if I can collect a whole bunch of aluminium cans, etc., recycle it, mm. then you can make all kinds of cool things out you of aluminium. Could. Think what you can make out of aluminium. You have your own recycling mm. plant in your backyard. But I feel imagine, like that would be a lot more work. But imagine, I could. YouTube will have something. Sorry, imagine what? Imagine doing that with your kids. Yeah. Now here's an easy one you could do with your mm-hmm. kids. Tell me. In uh, school is mm-hmm. recycle lead. Hey. Uh, might not be safe. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> would I be allowed to do that? When I was a kid in primary school, I used to recycle lead all the time. Oh. So I get my dad's oxycetylene torch, fire the thing up, get a whole bunch of old batteries, melt them down, made sinkers. 
<laughs> Amazing. <laughs> just like go fishing, you know? Yep. Um, I, 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 we are so sorry. I got you so distracted. About yes, that. so so distracted. But but kids do love yeah. doing that kind of thing. You just need to figure out a way of doing it safely that the school will approve because. <laughs> I'm sure they can wear a mask or something or other. Yeah, should be right. <laughs> You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. <laughs> I don't know what's going on this morning. My so, head is in a different place. So I first just, Corinthians. Yeah, yeah. Okay. First, I, wow, first Corinthians. We were there. Just we giving you there. some context for where the head was. Why? What? I don't even. We're know talking about letter, we're, we're talking about writing letters, and you said, "Who? What do you write now these days? Do people still write dear?" And we were talking about the introduction. Okay. All right, so 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 to 9, this is the introduction. And what you're going to find in the letter to the Corinthians is the introduction is very short hmm. because he's going to pretty much tear into them. Yeah, some things to say. And he starts that in verse 10. Hmm. So the, the, the meat of it, it's kind of like, okay, I'm supposed to write a whole, letter, a whole chapter introduction here, but you guys need to be slapped around the head a little bit, so I'm just going to... Uh, really brief and then bang. But in that really brief bit, there's some actually really, really insightful th- stuff. So Paul doesn't waste his time just writing like, oh, you're such wonderful people and so amazing and all the rest, you know, mm. for a whole chapter. He actually makes his introductions into a spiritually enriching experience. Mm. Okay, let's start in verse mm. 4. Okay. Verse 4, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Jesus Christ. It's an interesting statement. Mm. When he particularly goes on to say in chapter 3 and verse 3, you're all unconverted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's looking for nice things to say. And it's interesting. You know, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. So he's like, at least you've got some grace there. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I'm, I thank God for the grace that you have. He's just going to tell him a little while later. Hey, you guys don't have a whole lot, much, mm. a whole lot of grace. But for the grace that you have, I'm looking for things to be thankful for. Absolutely. And so he is thankful. Yep. All right. Okay. So verse five, that you were enriched in everything by him, in all utterance and all knowledge. Okay. So he reminds them. Mm. So he's, this is the introduction. He's about to tell them. Look, you guys are so off the path. It's not funny. Mm. But he's, he, he reminds them of what they have been enriched with. Yes. They have been given so much. Mm. And that's going to become significant as he goes through the book of First Corinthians because he's going to point out that, okay, you've been given so much and you kind of lost so much. Mm. So he starts off by, yeah, reminding them, you guys have been so enriched. Keep going. Okay, verse 6, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. All right, let's stop there for a moment. Before we go any further, what is the testimony of Christ? The testimony of Jesus. Spirit of prophecy? It is the spirit of prophecy. Mm. And you can find that if you go to Revelation chapter 19. Uh, Let's go over to Revelation. Hold hold your finger there. Hold your finger there. We'll go over Revelation real quick. We'll just confirm this. Revelation chapter 19. And because this is significant, Mm. Revelation 19 verse if you could read that one for mm-hmm. us, please. And I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, see that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. Okay. This is John. John is interacting with an angel. Mm. He tries to worship the angel. The angel says, don't do that. I am one of your brethren mm. uh, who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is... 
the spirit of prophecy. Yeah. So what is the spirit of prophecy then? You simply go over to chapter 22 where John makes the same mistake again and tries to worship the angel. And why don't you read for me uh, verse 9, please? What was the chapter, sorry? Uh, chapter 22, verse oh, 9. Oh, yes, it is. Okay. Yes. Then he said to me, see that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book, worship okay. God. So in the first one, he says, I am of your brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Here he says, I am of your brethren, the prophets. Therefore, those who have the testimony of Jesus and the prophets are one and the same. And he says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Mm. Therefore, the testimony of Jesus is the gift of prophecy. That's important to 1 Corinthians that we understand Mm. what it is that Paul is talking about here. So if we flick back over to 1 Corinthians, before he starts to give these guys a a bit of a a, uh, spiritual disciplining... (laughs) Mm-hmm. A bit of a spiritual whooping, uh, verse 6 yeah. again. Was, was even as the testimony of Christ, a.k.a. spirit of prophecy, yep. was confirmed in you. And we know that the spirit of prophecy is the gift of prophecy. Mm-hmm. So here you have a church that has received the gift of prophecy. Mm. They don't really have any reason to have fallen away from Christ because they have received the gift of prophecy. They're, they're not... Well, as it says in the next verse, they're not coming behind in any of the gifts. They're all there. And so Paul's about to ask the question, okay, if you've got all of these gifts there, then what's, what's going on? Yeah. Please explain. All right, uh, we're up seven? to verse 7. Mm-hmm. So, that you, uh, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. As we said, they don't come behind in any gift. Mm-hmm. And they are eagerly waiting for what? The revelation of Jesus. What's what is what is that referring to? I would have said the second coming. Yeah, mm. the revealing of Jesus, the second coming. Absolutely, I think that's a, a very good um, answer right there. And it kind of indicates that you know the spirit of prophecy is given to us. It is something that is given to us to prepare us for the coming of Jesus. Mm. That's that's the, that's its purpose is to prepare us for the return of Jesus Christ. Okay, then what have we got? Verse 8. Who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Keep going. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. All right, so he finishes off this little section here uh, simply by reminding them that, um, you know, that he will also confirm unto you that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. This is the opportunity that you have as a church is to be blameless because I'm about to blame you for a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> uh, so you kind of need this right now. So when you understand the context of Corinthians and you understand that this was a church that was incredibly messed up, incredibly broken, it helps us to understand what Paul is talking about and why his introduction is written in the way that it is because that is the end of the introduction. Mm. Verse 9 is as far as it gets. You know, he said he said his kind of nice stuff, and even with the nice stuff that he's saying, he's he is he is gently reminding them of everything that they have received, all the blessings that they have received, and why they have received these blessings is to prepare them for the revealing of Jesus Christ. Mm. That's actually going to come in more ways than one. The primary way that the revealing Jesus Christ comes is exactly what you've said, and that is the return of Jesus Christ. But there's also the aspect where Jesus Christ is revealed through the testimony of Jesus. And so the the, the spirit of prophecy, the gift of prophecy, 
uh, reveals to us Jesus Christ. That's kind of what it's there for. Mm. So having said all that, he starts off, we'll, we'll, we'll add verse 10 in just because we kind of have to. Yep. <clears throat> now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak in the same thing and that there be no divisions among you and that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. This is an interesting passage right here because mm. uh, his introduction is now over. Yeah. He's like, oh, the introduction's over. Now I'm going to plead with you. Mm. And even when Paul is giving them a bit of a spiritual whooping, he does it in a way that is winning. Hmm. So rather than saying he's like, what is wrong with you guys? <laughs> How have you lost it so badly? What, what are you doing? You know, you, you're all over the place. You know, one of you says I'm with Paul. Another says I'm with Apollos. Another one says that you're with Peter. What are you thinking right now? Why are you so divided like this? This is not, you know, he doesn't do it that way. Mm. It's like I'm pleading with you. Yeah, that you would be. That mm. you're united in Jesus Christ. Mm. And that also provides an option, uh, an, an option like that it's possible. You know, like if you're just condemning, condemning, sometimes it can be like, oh, well, this is all we are. That's just the mess. That's how it is. Whereas he kind of goes, no, like Jesus wants to bring you together. You know, and he, he continues this theme of, you know, to be knit together. That whole body analogy that we've been talking about this week is like, come together, come together. This is what Jesus wants to do with you. Please let him do it in you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you think that we are immune from the same problems that the church in Corinth had? I was just reading this thinking, oh, this is us. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean that like um, condemningly. I just, I just see very similar things in church today. So if Paul, Apollos and Peter uh, were resurrected from the dead mm. and were brought back to the church today, do you think that we would find people who would become followers of them as individuals rather than followers of Christ? Are we prone to that kind of thing? Mm, I think so. <laughs> I think we are. Absolutely. It's called Celebrity Speakers. Mm-hmm. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. So we were talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit being um, there to provide training for us mm. for uh, for uh, preparing us for the return of Jesus Christ. And we were looking at the conditions of the church in Corinth and noting that, yeah, you know what? It's not a whole lot different from our churches today. Mm. And so just as they needed the gifts of the Holy Spirit back then, we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit today. If you look at the church in Corinth, it starts out by being divided. You find that in chapter 1 and verse 10. If you go to chapter 3 and verse 3, you're going to find out where that Paul says they're all unconverted. The whole bunch, a whole lot of them, you're all unconverted. Mm. That's a pretty full-on statement. Then you go a little bit further and there is uh, sexual perversion being openly practiced you know, amongst members of the church. Mm. Nobody's doing anything about it. But things that they want to do do things about, when you go to chapter 7, you're going to find that they're taking each other to court. Mm. Uh, so the differences and the disputes within the church are being hashed out in the uh, civil courts. Then you're going to find a little bit further on that they have problems with tongues, the gift of tongues. They have problems with food offered to idols. They uh, have problems with the communion service. Uh, they have false doctrine being taught where there's a bunch of people teaching there's no such thing as the resurrection of the dead. You know, and the list could go on and on. This church was messed up. 
In fact, I often come, have people come to me and they're like, oh, yeah, you know what? Um, I go to this church and my church is such a disaster. I need to leave my church. It is not God's church. Um, I need to get out of here and go and worship somewhere else. And usually those kind of people end up worshiping by themselves because they're looking for a perfect church. Mm. And they're not actually looking for a perfect church. They're just looking for a church that is made up of people who are clones of themselves. Interesting. Interesting. Can it be a mix of both? Yeah. Because, like, I mean, if I look at Paul, he definitely wants this church to be blameless, right? He does. It's not. No question. It is not. But he is constantly yearning towards this church that is so captivated by the grace of God that they're just willing to put everything away from them that's separating themselves from God. It's not. It's not, And none has ever been, really. Absolutely. Mm. Read for me chapter 1 and verse 2, actually. Yes. First line, first line of verse 2. Okay. To the church of God, which is at Corinth. Okay, so whose church is this? God's. Mm. And yet there's no one in it that's converted. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah? Mm. Okay, so this really makes us ask the question, what makes a church mm. a church of God as opposed to a church of Satan or as opposed to a church of you know the celebrity speaker down the street or whoever it might be? It is the message that is given to the church. It's not even the message the church is preaching. It's the message that has been given to it. Interesting. That's what makes it the church of God. Yep, yep. No, I'm because they up have been down. given. They have been given the true message by Paul. They are um, the recipients of that message, mm. and have been given the commission to take that message to the world. Just because they're failing in that, doesn't mean that they have stopped to be the church of God. Mm. And yeah, it's interesting because even though the message is given the taking of that message to the world is not theoretical, just theoretical. It is theoretical, but his whole, well, not his whole, but part of the premise is you're not living out That's right. the true message that you have. You can tell people the right thing, but until the grace of God is lived out and revealed in your life, guys. So here's an interesting illustration of this point. Who was God's church in the Old Testament? Old Testament were the Israelites, no? The Israelites. Mm. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you just you just saw where I was going with that, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was God's church, mm, absolutely. Who was it that crucified Jesus? Yeah, it's His church, God's church. Mm. Did it cease to be God's church? Well, eventually it did, obviously, because Jesus founded the Christian church. Mm. But the reality is, it was God's church that crucified Jesus. This was not God's church because they were living the truth. Mm. Or preaching the truth, it was God's church because they had been given the truth. Yes. It had been entrusted to them. They were the, yeah, the right word for it is escaping me right now, but it will come to me at some particular point. Okay, we are way behind our Bible study. Let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter now, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and we're going to be reading from the introduction to 2 Corinthians. And the introduction here is a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. What is interesting about the church in Corinthians is that Paul comes along, gives them a bit of a spiritual, you know, butt whooping, mm-hmm. and they're like, ooh, 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 ouch. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, it brings about great reformation. Mm. I wonder whether we are too reticent within Christianity today to give a spiritual butt whooping when it's needed. Probably. Christians like to be nice mm. all Which, the time. Mm, mm. 
They don't ever like to be not nice. It's kind of a bit of a part of our Christian culture. But if you read 1 Corinthians or if you read the book of Jude or if you read some of the statements in the book of Revelation, you're going to find that there is some very, very, very confronting language that is used. Yeah. I think Christians, and I include myself in this, we like to be nice, but we don't necessarily like to be loving because we kind of associate that the two go together always and they don't always go together. So true. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. you know, even God is just like, you know, I rebuke those I love. Like, of course, I love you. I'm not going <laughs> to, this is not a good thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> but we go, oh, but that's, it's not kind. It's not nice. Well, sometimes actually it is. Like, sometimes the most healing thing you can do to a person is to rebuke them. But in love. You can That's also right. criticize. You know, Paul talks about speak the truth in love. So you've got to ask yourself the question, what's in my heart mm. when I say these things? Mm. Is this making me feel better because they are worse than I am? Mm. You know, am I doing this because I am, you know, angry at this particular person? Do I have a grudge or do I feel badly towards this particular person or do I just absolutely love this person? Mm. You know what? We didn't even make it to this next verse, but that's okay. (laughs) We'll pick it up right where we left off tomorrow. Mm. This is a really, really good uh, subject that we need to spend more time on.